Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. Tell me something. You can go anywhere. Another timeline. Another universe. So why do you want to stay and fight to save this one? This is the world where my mom lives. I'm not gonna lose her again. Time has a pattern that it can't help reliving. Different people, different worlds, drawn to each other like magnets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weak and Foolish Movie Podcast. Joining me are my fellow podcasters, Job Ang. Hello. And Albert Liu. Hi, everyone. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the latest DCEU film, The Flash, starring Ezra Miller and directed by Andy Muschietti. And just a heads up, I'm certain another, another Marvel multiverse movie will come up during our discussion. So full disclosure, we're going to be spoiling Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. <laughs> and as usual, in our uh, movie discussions, we're going to start with a non-spoiler discussion where we just talk about our general overarching thoughts about the movie first. And then when we dive into spoilers, we're going to be walking in uh, in order of uh, the events of the movie. All right. So there was a lot of hype going into this movie. The Flash, I, I don't know. It's been like decades, actually, since they've been trying to get a full feature length flash movie off the ground and there have been animated flash movies but uh no live action uh flash movies that have been a part of this cinematic universe and uh even this particular flash movie had a lot of bumps in the road right we got covid we got ezra miller's activities off-screen activities and so forth so uh yeah shaky really shaky origins to this movie uh, but now we're finally here. The movie is finally out and finally for audiences to to view. And so I want to know your guys' thoughts. Uh, did The Flash uh, kind of finally deliver or did it kind of fall flat for you? Let's start with uh, Albert. What did you think about The Flash? I, I don't think it totally delivered, but I can't say it totally fell flat. Uh, I my I mean my my standard for a comic book film is is this am I entertained and I was entertained. Uh, that being said, we do have a lot of great uh, comic book movies out there, and you know I'll, I'll, I guess I'll I'll just say you know Spider Verse Cross the Spider Verse was one of them just a few weeks ago, and so you know those movies have sort of set a very high bar for comic books uh, movie adaptation storytelling that I, I think this this movie for all its hype uh, didn't quite deliver. Um, I think it's also sort of the perfect symbol of how the DCEU has been um, in the last um, several years where you feel, I did mention this in my Letterboxd review, you feel sort of like the the development hell uh, in every frame of this film. Um, sort of like the the you know you you know exactly when someone had a different idea for something and 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 it, it, in in the end maybe this movie did have a really good spine and to its credit i feel like if it didn't it, it'd probably be a, a really bad movie but 
uh, it's just switched hands uh, too many times. And the more I read about it, especially from publications like The Hollywood Reporter, and recently I said, well, I had gone through like three endings. And, you know, you hear about all the, you know, rumors about reshoots and all that stuff happening. It's like, yeah, I can see it. But I was still entertained. I just didn't love it. But I can't say I hated it either. Yeah, um, not to mention multiple directors have been attached to this movie uh, during the development, right? And then multiple directors have left the project as well. Um, so yeah, really rocky, rocky uh, development for this movie. Job, what did you think about the Flash? Yeah, I I am surprised to say that I didn't hate it. I you know, I watched it just today, and so there has been enough time to see some of the reaction on the internet and um, some of the opinions from our film nerds group. But um, I went in with round level expectations. And uh, I, I got to say, I, I didn't hate it. There there are kernels of a good movie in, in here, a lot like what Albert just said. Uh, and it's enough to be, like Albert said, entertaining. I had a good time. But it's also obviously very extremely convoluted and unfocused. Um, I'm not convinced that AI didn't have some hand in crafting the script. Um, there were some moments where I was like, oh, uh, would a human really write that? Uh, but, you know, like... It's okay. Um, and then there's just some truly ghoulish moments towards the end. And um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. Um, that really tank what could have been a really um, impactful ending, in my opinion. Um, and I, I do feel like there were a lot of missed and lost opportunities. And you really can't divorce the, the development hell that this movie um, went through with the result, obviously. But the movie as it is, on its own good time big dumb fun um which is all you could really ask for sometimes uh but also could have been so much better so yeah those are my thoughts what about you mike i kind of want to start with what what i thought was good about this movie i think this movie is along the lines of what i think dceu films should have been in terms of the synergy between the movies after justice league in 2017 all the movies that came after that basically ignored what happened before in Zack Snyder's movies they didn't really seem connected with connecting to each other as well for example like aquaman didn't connect to wonder woman 84 that didn't connect to birds of prey that didn't really connect to suicide squad and so forth there didn't there wasn't really a direction right to the DCEU for a couple of years there was like no roadmap these movies were just kind of random one-off movies that featured characters that we had seen before in the previous continuity so it was kind of like a soft reboot right so i feel like in the flash ben affleck's batman shows up and works together with the flash to kind of resolve like a criminal terrorist like situation and i feel like that that's the kind of stuff that I was expecting from the DCEU. So I'm glad that that was in the movie. That's not a spoiler because it's, you know, it's covered in the trailer and I won't say who, but other DCEU characters show up in this movie as well as like how we saw other characters show up in black Adam and in Shazam. So I think this is the kind of DCEU that we needed about five years ago, um, but they just kind of had no sense of direction whatsoever. 
Um, I also got to say that Michael Keaton and Sasha Kaye showing up as Batman 1989 and Supergirl, those were some of the biggest draws for me. I think uh, Michael Keaton, obviously, it was really exciting going into this and seeing him become Batman again and Bruce Wayne again. But uh, I think Supergirl was bloomed, kind of took me by surprise, right? I, I thought she was a fantastic casting she was very strong in the role i love her suit i love her look the hair so those are all some like some of my highlights from the flash but man this movie is a complete mess <laughs> um this movie is basically four other movies smashed into one it's a solo flash movie where barry's trying to prove his father's innocence again that was covered in the trailers it's yeah. a michael keaton batman legacy sequel it's a supergirl origin story it's a DC multiverse crossover movie. And I really wish we got each of these separately. Agreed. I, yeah, I, I would have paid money for each of those movies. And I'm sure all, most fans would have as well. But, you know, the legacy of Warner Brothers and the DCEU is just, they keep fumbling things yet again. And I just feel like it's such a mess because it's trying to cram all these great ideas into one single movie. And I, I can't help but draw comparisons to Spider-Man No Way Home, another multiverse movie, which is the exact opposite of The Flash, right? We get something similar in Spider-Man where some legacy characters return, Tobey Maguire, Andrew, McGarf Andrew Garfield, they show up and then they join Tom Holland. But in that movie, everything felt meaningful. It wasn't just empty fan service, right? Tobey and Andrew came into the movie and they served Tom Holland's story. Uh, but them coming into the movie, they, that also brought resolution to their own Spider-Man movies. Michael Keaton coming here in this movie does nothing, right? Nothing, I mean, he has things to do, but it doesn't have to be him. It doesn't have to be this version of Batman. It doesn't have to be Michael Keaton. And he did, you know, he's in the movie, but he's not really, he's not really like resolving his own films. And we don't learn much about what happened to this character after the events of Batman Returns, which is what kind of like what I went into it wanting to know. I I got to talk about the CGI. This is probably the worst CGI I've ever seen since the year 2005. Uh -huh. it, it's just awful. Like I was thinking about like Independence Day from 1996, uh, Jurassic Park from 1993. The, I'll take the CGI in those movies over this 2023 superhero movie. Like the opening action sequence was just horrendous. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this in spoilers, but like calling it video game graphics is an insult to video games because video games look way better than that now. Uh, this is something much worse. And you might as well have done stop motion if you're going to cut corners with CGI, right? And, and I get that CGI companies are being slammed right now because of such high demand. But what I don't understand is this is a crown jewel film for DC and the WB. I, I'm just shocked at how bad this movie looked it's kind of like obi-wan kenobi on disney plus right how they completely butchered the, the the aesthetics in that in that show uh again another puzzling uh property ip that that just didn't really get the a-list treatment that i think we were expecting and honestly the, the warner brothers ceo david zaslov and the dc lead james gunn right they both came out and said that the flash was one of the greatest superhero movies of all time and that just blows my mind that they actually came out and said that because 
like you had all these people hyped about this movie and it's it's like i was expecting no way home i'm like oh that's one of the great one of the greatest superhero movies ever made in my opinion but this movie was nowhere near what that was and the more i think about the two movies the more of a miracle no way home seems to be right uh that movie handled things with such purpose and with such love and care for the characters this is just it's just empty it's just empty calories for uh the flash um well i want to give our listeners a uh, bit of context mike is one of the biggest dc guys i know so i'm sure this is going to turn into a bit of a therapy session while we grieve this slow and painful death of the DCEU. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) a lot of great points, Mike, most of which I completely agree with. And uh, definitely, I guess we will, you know, back to your thoughts on Keaton. And I don't know if I should bring that up, but we were going to get more of him in Batgirl and we, we didn't even get that. And now, now that we've seen this final product with the Flash, I'm like, well, why didn't they release Batgirl? <laughs> Could it have been any, you know, less or worse than than this movie? I, no one will ever know mm. now. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's right. Release the Batgirl cut, man. Yeah, just release it. Yeah, just really. <laughs> oh man, and, and okay, and I I think going, you're talking about the, the the slow death of the DCEU. I I thought that we were supposed to get the like this movie was supposed to show how they're going to reboot the dc franchise right into the dcu the james gunn's dcu but this movie doesn't address any of that and and i was was gonna ask that right i I was gonna ask that though like as i'm I'm more of a casual observer of the dceu and i was i i had heard the same thing like that this was gonna be like or at least like begin the process of starting it over and i was waiting for something and maybe it's like we're 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 veering into spoilers now but you know like maybe it's it's supposed to and we'll see later but i didn't i didn't feel like it was it brought any closure if anything well i feel like we can talk more about this as as we talk about the ending later on but we definitely got something from james god it just probably really wasn't what everybody was rumoring it to be so that's fair yeah uh, I mean, looking back <laughs> at the last 10 years of the DCEU, yeah, it's it's depressing. Like, Man of Steel was such a great launching pad, in my opinion. I actually really love that movie, despite all the criticism against it. I thought it was a great movie. But I think the moment they decided to rush their cinematic universe with Batman v Superman as a follow-up movie, I think that was the first of many wrong moves by the WB. And after BVS, there's just a string of bad movies that just really hurt and tarnish the brand. And... I, I was, um, yeah, Mike, uh, I was actually thinking about this, but uh, you were talking about the bad CG, right? Especially when the flash goes fast. I mean, I think a great analogy for that uh, would be like the Speed Force sequence we got in the Snyder Cut versus the Speed Force sequence we got, in, you know, in this movie, which it's just kind of it's amazing how terrible looking it is despite this movie being released later or the flash being released later but yeah 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 well you know this movie opened much lower than projections right it opened uh, it was tracking at 70 million which is still kind of low for a movie of this scale this movie cost 200 at least 200 million probably more way more than that another 100 in marketing so there's that too right yeah yeah and then it it grossed 55 million 
So I, I think the fans are kind of sick and tired of what WB has been doing with this franchise. And I, I think it just speaks volumes to James Gunn and the leads. Like you cannot mess this next iteration up. And so far, I don't think they're, they've gotten off at, on the right foot because we still have zero idea of how they're going to address that, you know, and we thought that it was going to be addressed in this movie and it's not. And it's, it's really confusing the stuff that the messaging, right? They're saying that Blue Beetle, which is the next DC EU movie that's coming out later this summer, they're saying that Blue Beetle is the first DCU character. And I'm like, what? I thought this is you're rebooting everything. I thought you're wiping the slate clean, right? Henry Cavill's not returning as Superman. So what what in the world? Why would yeah, so I mean I feel like there's a strategic they may just be lying to us, right? Like they probably knew what the movie let's let's go back and talk about the flash. They probably knew how it really was, but they also don't want people not to see it because they feel like, oh. The DCEU is ending, so why should we see the Flash and Blue Beetle and Aquaman too? And and so I I think they're gonna try to sort of say things to get people in those seats because those movies are already done. They need yeah. people to watch them. And 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 I I personally I don't think the DCU really starts until uh, Guns Superman is is out. Well, see, it could just be like uh, studio mandated like messaging where it's right. like, hey, don't don't like discount. The impact of these movies so that like most casual people will still go or like you know so if if they make like a sweeping statement like this is all gone like even starting with blue beetle like they're gonna they're gonna that's gonna spread right whereas if you they just kind of say hey it's the first character there's enough like wiggle room with there where they're actually gonna make a blue beetle maybe in the future that's not this one but it it's also it also sucks because it's like what are what are we doing here? I thought a, a clean slate, a reboot is like what what's gonna like really help start this thing, but like this confusing messaging is continuing the exact same problems that have existed for the last decade. It's deepening Not to a mention yeah, all the spin-offs with like Robert Pattinson's Batman, and then there's Joker, yeah, and then there you know, yeah. Joe, to your point, it's deepening this distrust the fans are having with with WB right yeah. now, right? Yeah. So I I get what Mike is saying, like why would you say that anyways? Yes, they may be trying to save these projects, as they were. It's still business; they've got money, they've got to make, and but it it does create a longer term trust issue that I think you know WB has been suffering, you know, through their last three you know heads <laughs> so i'm just wondering if it would have been better if they had announced the dcu reboot after this current slate you know finishes their theatrical run it's... because now you're now you're in a weird position where the fans are like well none of this really counts so why am i even gonna go yeah I, I think the fans aren't stupid i think they're i, I think there's a ton of reasons why the flash didn't do so well uh, I don't think there's just one, but I definitely think uh, uh, that's one of them. Is that fans aren't stupid? They're they're gonna be like, you know, I think only the ones who have followed this development, uh, the the movie as it developed in like the last twenty years, like us, would be like, oh, let, we gotta go see it because we've been following it for a long time. But I think everybody else is probably not gonna care as much, you know. And and you know, going back to you mentioned No Way Home, we also just followed up on that cross the spider-verse 
and and that one movie is still doing pretty well um even three weeks into its run so it's not like people are sick of superhero movies i, I think they just want something bold and interesting right that's bold a really good brave. point Golden brave. oh well <laughs> time to oh. fear <laughs> what that project might be now i suppose Oh man! Well, hey, yeah. given given the box office performance of the Flash, I wonder if Andy Muschietti's could be job is in jeopardy now. Yeah, I thought about that the other day. Could be. Well, it's like speaking to, and this might be the last thing I'll say on this, but like Albert, your your point, as in fans aren't stupid or dumb. It's like, I think people know that these are like winding down, right? Like, I think people do know, and and studios studio execs think people are dumb and will just like listen to whatever they say but like i think the the numbers the box office numbers are proving that people are aware of what's going on mm-hmm. and it, it wouldn't be fair to hold you know mujieri to to what's going on with this movie because he's he basically is holding it together with duct tape right and and bubblegum but like you know we can't trust there's a distrust we can't trust that warner brothers will do the right thing i think wow just... well that's the longest airing of feelings we've had before we even started talking about the plot so, that's so true. <laughs> does this rival our uh, guardians of the galaxy mcu thing i don't know it's just astounding to me okay the mcu is kind of floundering dcu is limping towards the finish line our last hope in the superhero genre is Sony's Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I I made a joke to you guys about this because they always do this thing when they do really, really well for Spider-Man movie, like No Way Home, and then they followed up with with uh, you know uh Morbius and then and then uh and then they know, have that... across the Spider-Verse and now they right, got... and then they followed up with, you know. <laughs> Craven the Hunter. Craven, uh, yeah. That be, Let's go. Hey, it like, could uh, be good. It could be yeah. good. Oh, well, hmm. hey, oh. Morbius is is the greatest superhero movie or supervillain movie that we've seen, right? So I, Sony's I on the right track. I wonder if because they announced they're going to develop a live action Miles Morales movie. So I'm wondering if all these supervillain movies like Morbius, Venom. And uh, Craven the Hunter, I wonder if they're going to tie into Miles Morales and not the Peter Parker movies. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. They, they're like yeah. hinting at it, right? Like in No Way Home, like Electra's like, oh, I thought you would be black. It's like, there might be one out there. Yeah, right. So deep cut. Just kidding. Yeah, or or uh, Aaron Davis being in Homecoming. and uh, Oh, yeah. and also in, in, uh, in the Spider-Verse, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> we're getting sidetracked. We're talking about Sony now. <laughs> no, it's all connected. I mean, this is this is also about this general state of I think superhero movies that we're experiencing. For sure. right yeah, now for sure. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's worth talking about. Yeah. It's a canon event moment in. Oh yeah. Events. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Talk uh, about this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into spoilers starting now. No, no, you're still holding on! Let go! So in Act 1 of The Flash, uh, he helps Batman resolve a terrorist situation in Gotham City. The Flash then accesses the Speed Force, goes back in time, and then realizes he has a chance to save his mother. 
All right, let's let's talk about some of our highlights for Act One. I'm gonna first start with the hospital baby sequence. <laughs> let's just let's just get this out of the way. Really stupid, okay? Just really, really dumb. Uh, this felt like it belonged <laughs> in a Saturday morning cartoon, not a DC superhero movie. Which you know we, you you know you expect it to be somewhat taken seriously, and this just felt really stupid. And the CGI of the babies are just mm. awful, just plain awful. They look so bad. That whole sequence was really, really dumb. And we've seen this kind of sequence done already. We've seen this in X-Men Days of Future Past. We've seen this in Sonic the Hedgehog. And, and so, like, you know, come up with something new, but maybe putting a baby in a microwave is really dumb. It's almost as dumb as getting into a refrigerator uh, during a nuclear uh, <laughs> explosion. Uh, Indiana Ooh. Jones <laughs> nuked the fridge, huh? Yeah. Anyways, what did, did you? Okay, how did you guys react to the hospital baby sequence? I mean, uh, let, can we talk about Batman first before we get to the hospital sure. sequence? I think as bad as the babies looked, seeing the seeing Batfleck in that terrible fake looking cape that he had and, and sort of his suit lit up that way. I, I remember that was when okay. my first uh-oh started with, with the visual effects. Like, this is not very, this is, man, I can't believe this is the way Batfleck is going to go out. Um, <laughs> you know, this movie is looking like that. And 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 it's, even just the action scenes just seemed really cartoony. Um, so when you got to the baby scene, it was like, well, heck, it's already bad. But, you know, it did get a little worse looking at their faces, you know, the babies. I'm like, oh, this is this is really bad. Like, you know, you're right. Of all those, you know, slow motion save someone in high speed uh, sequences that we've seen, not even just, you know, in those movies you mentioned about, but that scene where even even in, you know, the Justice League, let's, let's bring back the Snyder Cup, the scene where he saves Iris West is awesome and and, and yeah, funny right. and, and, and dramatic at the same time. Like, why couldn't they have just done the same? It was, it's frustrating, you know? And I, that's when I was like, okay, so the Twitterverse was, was right. <laughs> the effects are pretty damn terrible. So, yeah. Oh, going back to Bat Batfleck, uh, yeah. So not just I, I feel like his cape, right? You mentioned his cheap-looking cape, CGI cape, but his mask was awful. It looked really weird. It was like the worst-looking Batman yeah. mask I've ever seen. It's like it's almost like it was like slapped together the night before or something like that. And then his chest plate was like plastic and shiny. Yeah, I I don't know what that was about. Ah. Uh just look bad i mean okay and speaking of suits the flash's suit looks kind of stupid too like he it does kind of, he looked kind of i don't know there's not a lot of texture to the suit it's just like it almost looks like it was like a you know a plain onesie or something the 1990s uh made for tv flash movie looked better that's i agree yeah i think it did yeah it was weird looking especially after we saw the the sort of the ceramic ceramic plated version the you know Snyder movies, which and you know made a lot of sense to me, right? He goes really fast, so of course we were on space shuttle, you know, he absorbing tiles on him. But yeah, I'm I'm very puzzled by the look, the decision to try to make it look more like the comic book. Um, but it just doesn't. There's a reason why you have to design these costumes differently. But anyways, yeah, I mean, as much as people like to crap on the Snyder movies, like 
he got a lot of things right. Like let's he did. Not, let's not let's not uh you know diminish that. You know, like the aesthetics of the Snyderverse movies are are excellent. He knows how to frame his superheroes. They all look good in every. Yes. Even the something else is bad. They look good, but anywho. Show, I feel like you want to say something, but you're not saying it. <laughs> I'm like muting, unmuting. Uh, you, I'm, I'm just laughing because I remember when Flash first puts on his suit, and I like, I like nearly choked on my sprite. Like, if I felt physically uncomfortable <laughs> looking at it, I just was like, oh, that looks okay. I guess that's where we're going with this, and you know. Um, I, I mean, I agree with you guys, but I want to go back to the babies because um, I don't know, like, I just feel, you know, weird thinking about putting a baby in a microwave. Like, why is that an idea? Like, this is where, like I said, I'm not convinced that AI didn't write some of this stuff because that feels like a mishmash of weird ideas that makes no sense in my brain. And, and yes, it looks it looks quite awful. And also, like, I didn't expect Wonder Woman to show up in this oh, yeah. movie. Yeah, I and, I like that. I thought it was cool. Like, that's yeah, the kind was... of... And not only that, uh, let's talk about, like, I want to mention Jeremy Irons' uh, Alfred. Alfred shows yeah. up as well. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the kind of DC synergy that I was expecting of the DCEU. Like, reuse those actors, and, and, yeah. you know, in these supporting roles. So that was kind of cool. That, but, like, show. so then, so it was cool to see them, but then they did nothing. And it was like two minutes of screen time each. Yeah. Right. And that was it. And then it felt like, okay, then why did you do that? If that's all that's going to happen here, you know, it, it's like a, let's throw it in to say we, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's connected. It's all connected, but it, it just, that's not how connection works. I feel like, you know, mm, like it yeah, just doesn't point. make, and it just, again, further like solidifies the, the, general feeling like this thing is dying a slow and painful death and we're just like along for this ride and going like oh my gosh it's like maybe the dceu was the the superhero friends we made along the way but like it's literally just along the way <laughs> on a bridge we see them on the bridge and that's that you know um yeah spoilers for shazam fury of the gods but she wonder woman also shows up at the end at the end of that movie and she plays a, a little bit of a bigger role, but at the same time, it's just, it comes at the very end and it's like, kind of like, yeah, that's there for fan service. And that, that, that was it. I just hate that because you, you yeah. could argue, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really felt like the Wonder Woman movie was like the best uh, superhero origin movie that uh, uh, the DCU has. And, Agreed. and probably the best one that Warner Brothers had made in a long time. And just to see the character just show up for cameos it's just uh, it's disappointing it really is and, and you know you know what's i actually thought that's what toby mcguire and andrew garfield were going to be in spider-man no way home and i was actually really surprised that their roles like in half the movie they're in yeah the second half. they're being and, developed along yes. the side yeah i yeah. get what you're saying yeah so um i'm going to keep talking about how great that movie was because that's just you know this movie just reminds me of uh how it's done much much better I feel like the more we talk about, the angrier we you get, or I I feel angrier too because it's like yes, I still enjoy them, but you know, when I think about these things, it's like wow, what a mess, you know? 
So my, you know. my uh, letterbox score is uh, getting low and lower as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, babies in the microwave. Come on, let's focus on what really matters here. I'm just kidding. Another confusing thing, okay? Barry Allen and Iris West, they meet in this movie, and she says, Iris tells Barry that, oh, yeah, we met each other, like, briefly. I think we saw each other. So this movie seems to be acknowledging the Snyder cut of Justice League and not the theatrical release, which is so confusing because they WB had said that the Snyder cut is not canon. I had the same exact thought. I did. I, I was briefly confused. I was like, wait, no, they only really met each other in, in the Snyder Cut, on the the Whedon Cut, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all it's dying, mess. guys. It doesn't I know. matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, screw it. Sadly. <laughs> I know. They, it feels like they're just like, yeah, you know, like, what does it matter anyway, you know? Uh, Billy Crudup is in, in the movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> and replaced Ron Livingston, Ron Livingston as uh, Barry's dad. I thought that was weird too because Bill, really, Billy uh, Crudup was a really good uh, father. Uh, what was the name of his dad again? I forgot all of a sudden. Yeah, I knew, uh, uh, let me look it up. And uh, I, I, I remember uh, looking at uh, the uh, actress who plays uh, Barry's mom. I was like, she looks really familiar. Where have I seen her before? It took me a while to realize she she was in in uh, Mama Tambien. And was, oh yeah, my like, gosh, that's that her. Was, that was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was her. That was her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, I did not know that. That that's that's insane. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. She and Gabriel Luna are in uh, some pretty pretty big stuff this past year. Yeah. Um. Okay, but uh, uh his name is Henry Allen. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Speaking of Henry Allen and that whole situation with uh, him being in jail, wrongly accused of his mom, uh, Barry's mom's uh, murder, I I just wish we got a true solo Flash movie before this one that kind of covers that and kind of flushes that out so that we have that emotional investment for him to go back in time and try to change things, you know? I don't don't remember how much was covered in uh, the Snyder Cut, but I, I feel like we needed a little bit more, uh, like probably a, a movie dedicated to this plot. Yeah, I agree. I kind of feel like, you know, another thought I want to bring up is it's kind of like, man, you know, people are going to start making Flash fans are going to start comparing this movie to like the CW Flash and figuring out what they feel like is the better overall Flash story. You just know it, you know, it's, it's just a mess. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe that's part of the reason why that could be one of the reasons why this movie failed because there's like 170 episodes of that show, yeah, out there, you know, on the internet, and and then so you know why do they have to go see this one <laughs> if that this kind of storyline has already been kind of covered in that show? Yeah, I agree. How what did you guys think about the speed force and how it was visualized like as an arena with different rows representing different events in the timeline? I thought that was kind of new. That was different. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think on paper it probably looked better than what was rendered at the end. And man, I really want to read more into how this movie looks because 
it does feel like you know joe back to your point it's just it feels like the cg was rushed not polished or either down he just made really bad decisions about how things were going to look but there's just something very unsettling. It just go veers into uncanny uh, valley territory, multiplied yeah. by like I don't know a hundred because he saw a hundred of everything while he was going through that. Um, so it's just you know once again I don't know how like that scene wasn't done better than you know uh, the scene in the Snyder cut when uh, he goes to sort of reverse the. The explosion that happens in Siberia I forgot where they were or something but yeah it just it, it just wasn't good looking I mean I like the idea it just wasn't executed well this was this was the part that was the worst for me in the whole movie it felt like um polar express level like uncanny valley oh yeah right right that's a good comparison and, but that's that that's a movie two decades plus old and you can't improve on you know it it feels like that it feels like worse than the video game like you said mike and i was just distracted by that i almost i feel like there was a lot of interesting stuff they could have done there but maybe polish it or like you know and it also made it feel like hey you know we couldn't get the actors to come out and film these variations because we couldn't decide what the hell we were doing with this story and so we got to recreate them in CG and rush the process in doing so. And it just came across as really weird and creepy. It felt creepy and unsettling. But I saw like Muschietti was saying online somewhere that that's intentional. That was an intentional choice to do that. He did. You saw that, right? L- let, me, let me read the quote to you. Okay. Okay. So this is from director Andy Muschietti uh, and explaining why things looked at the way they did. In the CGI, he says, quote, the idea, of course, is we are in the perspective of the flash. Everything is distorted in terms of lights and textures. We enter this water world, which is basically being in Barry's POV. It was part of the design. So if it looks a little weird to you, that was intended. End quote. And okay, so it sounds like it was intentional to make it look really fake and cheap. But why it does it doesn't work for the audience? The audience is gonna like vomit at looking at this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I it's like wasn't there some art director or someone who said I don't think this is gonna look good if even if this was intentional. Like we all know by now that look never ever sells people, right? We're not in the early two thousands anymore. You know when we had the Polar Express and. Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> We're in a new era. We can oh, do yeah. better. Right, right. But yeah, so uh. I um, even if yeah, even if it was intentional, I, I try to at least show him transition from like live action to the CGI. Maybe he goes so fast that like you go from live action in camera like a face to that cgi thing you know like and so we kind of see how he transitions from you know going really fast to going into the speed force something like that you know it's kind of like make us understand that it was intentional that we're seeing things from his pov pov but like instead he's just running fast and then we just see this arena full of like really fake looking soulless looking characters um yeah all right let's uh let's yeah. move on to act two unless do you, does anyone have anything else for act one 
No, but I think we should really uh, count the number of times we like groan or could say "ugh" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna exponentially. Or the amount of times we shake our head. Yeah, know, like, for right. those who are listening to the audio. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, what goodness. the pauses are for. It's the head shaking. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. All right, Act Two. Barry goes back to the past in an alternate universe where his mother didn't die. Barry meets a younger version of himself, and they realize in this universe, General Zod invades Earth without Superman and other metahumans. So the two Barrys track down Michael Keaton's Batman and Sasha Kaye's Supergirl, and together they try to fight General Zod. I want to talk about like the dynamic between the two Barrys. I thought that was one of the stronger points of the movie because I, I feel like there was actual good Com- comedy and well i almost said chemistry but you know like uh, it, it kind of worked for me it really did like the two berries interacting with each other and um and i i also wanted to talk a little bit about how um like their their dynamic kind of just gave me a sense of growth almost for older berry in that he realized, okay, I, I better like act like more mature. I just felt like his character was growing a little bit as the movie went on. And I was like surprised that that's one of the like surprising points to me. It was like, there was some real character development that was going on in the midst of this part. Yeah. I agree with you, Job on that. I, I, I think it was, um, you know, it's sort of a, a shame what's going off Ezra Miller, but you know, that, that, that takes talent to sort of, embody that types of type of physical comedy in, in two places and and uh, I, I agree with you it was good sort of seeing the more seasoned Barry Allen versus the more immature Barry Allen but also sort of like a good hint as to like you know how tragedy can sometimes mature you even if you don't realize it even if it's something you wish that you know uh, didn't happen to you and uh, that's sort of where I, I like seeing sort of the seeds of that theme um, take place around this part. Agreed. Yeah, very hard to do to act with that kind of energy twice, right? You got to do older Barry and younger Barry and then in the same scene. I just can't imagine how difficult that was. So, you know, props to the movie. Like, it's not it's not a complete disaster and we do want to highlight things that did stand out. So that I think that was definitely one of the highlights. Michael Keaton's Batman. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he I mean him coming back, that was great. Um I wanted to know what happened to Alfred and obviously he passed away, but how did he react to that? How you know, how has he spent the last 30 years? I I really thought that they were going to do more with Michael Keaton and delve into what he's been up to the past 30 years, but really this role that Michael Keaton plays in this movie is, is pretty much what you see in the trailers. That's pretty much all he does, right? He's there to say a couple lines, throwback lines and kind of serve Barry Allen and, and just moving the plot forward. But he's not really there with any meaning or, you know, meaningful purpose. Uh, I think it's just pure fan service. I mean, uh, he made a pretty convincing, uh, uh, explanation in the multiverse with a play of spaghetti. <laughs> There's that part. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It is a weird intro to him, though, having him 
you know, um, be this sort of, you know, unkempt Howard Hughes type character. I mean, it, it's not out of character, I think, in a certain way for Bruce Wayne, because they kind of did it with The Dark Knight Rises, but it was a little weirder in this version and i i, I kind of wish the intro was a little you know um a little more um thought out about how they were gonna do that or lend it some more like weight and gravity right you know, this yeah is, this is michael keaton you're bringing back it's not right. just like some rando you know yeah um, and yeah it i i feel like it, him being in this movie was really cool in some parts, but I feel like he, yeah, like he was just a plot device in a way. A glorified yes, he felt, he felt reduced device. down to that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still enjoyed it. I mean, hearing the Danny Elfman theme song and, right, and, yeah. and the Batmobile, although it was disappointing that he never got to drive it again. That really kind of pissed me off. I thought we were going to see him drive it, but um uh just sort of seeing all that stuff and sort of remembering how cool you know the keaton 89 batman was you know that was nice i didn't mind it you know yes i, I get his his appearance seems a little you know superfluous and, and it's sort of almost distracting to what the main story of the flash is about but yeah michael keaton yeah in in a way this is the point in the movie where the, the pacing just like accelerates drastically to the point where like he he's like oh i'm out of the fight and then like i think literally five minutes of screen time later he's like i'm back you know like it it's just the motivations start to like get lost in the need to have the spectacle and the moments that you know hey he's back but like why is he back we don't we don't really know nor does the movie seem to care you know it's just like barry allen story matters the most but then it also doesn't it's 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 strange it just gets really fast even like the introduction when we reach you know russia and, and meet supergirl it's like like a few glances and she's ready to fight you know like it it all starts to kind of speed up pun kind of intended you know here but. yeah no i i agree i i think the rationale for it was that barry felt like there needed to be a justice league right to challenge sod and and all he had was that batman and and uh you know whatever what he thought was superman locked up in 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 uh russia um kind of weird though it's like they never really fully explain why this batman is so different but but zod is sort of the same you know so i kind of felt like that was kind of odd yeah the yeah. the multiverse explanation i know he he constructs it with like spaghetti but it's still it's still not sufficient enough of an explanation to like to address those points that you made, Albert, right? Like, why is the Zod exactly the same? The scenario is exactly the same. What, yeah. what the heck is a different a different Batman? And, and, and Michael Shannon's been very public lately about how much he didn't have fun coming back to play Zod. And it was like, well, if he didn't want to do it, you guys could have found someone else just to shake it up a little. And they didn't even go that route. So well, see, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense going back to Man of Steel. Because that was the first movie. And if they're going to reboot this franchise, it made watching the trailers, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Why they're going back to General Zod. So um, I, I thought they're going to alter the events of Man of Steel. But no, they just discarded everything. And instead of just resolving this conflict, right, they're in the middle of fighting Zod and his army. 
instead of just resolving that, Barry just goes back in time to reset his decision. And so it just felt like, what, what was the point of all that? Like, even Zod showing up was so random. Like, it just came out of nowhere in the middle of the movie. Like, oh, you're in that point in the timeline? Like, they didn't really do a good job setting that up either. Like, hey, tell us that you went back to 2013 or whatever, and then maybe Barry can talk about how, like, oh, maybe in this universe, that the Man of Steel events didn't happen, but then it does happen. And then he's like, oh, shoot, we're screwed because there's no metahumans or something. I don't know. It's just, it's just again, all feels like it's everything just crammed in here and slapped together, glue taped, duct taped together. And just none of it really made sense. Raised me, they're growing, Mike. I just felt <laughs> it go up a little more. Well, and then if we, when we go to Supergirl and, you know, we find out she has a, a relationship with Cal L and, or like she's related, right? And there's like this moment where she like, is in pain when we find out Kal-El died and like I don't I want to that it's a credit to the actress for how we did feel I felt something in the rage she had yeah but yeah there was no there's no story reason for it it was just she she was just acting her butt off you know and like dragging us along to like feel something and that's like this movie I like I feel like it's like just but by sheer force uh, and willpower, some of the acting brings us to to kind of care. But like, um, the story doesn't really earn it, right? Know, in yeah. any way, it's not deserving of the acting chops that that uh, you know the the cast was trying to, you know, do their best to. Yeah, right? it yeah, it's just a shame, uh, you know. Sasha Kaye is brought in this late in the dying DCEU, like. Maybe they'll multiverse her into the new. Um, I hope so. You know, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, she's I, great. She's yeah. freaking awesome. I, I was like, you know what? That is what Supergirl of today is. That's yep. what exactly what it looks like. I want to see more of that, but you know, I mean, I think Mike, you made this point earlier. Probably should be a separate movie or something. Mm. Yeah, I wish she got her own movie. I wish this movie came maybe five years earlier and then she, and then it spun off to her movie i wish michael keaton got his own batman 89 sequel like a, a third uh movie in his trilogy with michelle pfeiffer back as catwoman oh my gosh that would have been that would have been so glorious but you know this came way too late and it's flopping we're not going to see it I'm telling you, man, they just got released Batgirl. Who cares at this point? Just release yeah, Batgirl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like, we know, I, I think certain screen, things are starting to leak from that movie. I think I, I saw something earlier today. I didn't click it, but, you know, Keaton's appearances in that movie are, are starting to come out, you know? Really? Yeah, and that, that movie was also, other than it being axed, I mean, it was not a production that was you know, hounded with as much controversy and it's just like, you know, what was what would have been the harm at this point? I don't know. Someone, know, someone deep in the uh, WWB archives, they got to just leak it out. Just do it for the fans. Take one. I mean, you might go to prison, but <laughs> just do it for the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, tax breaks. Jeez. All right. Anything else uh, from Act 2? Uh, the new Batwing's pretty cool. <laughs> that one's cool. 
new one isn't that the same one as batman it, it wasn't it wasn't the same one as that this one's larger and has a rotating cockpit it's right, not okay, the yeah, same Batman. Yeah, yeah, the the right. Batmobile is the same, which is why I was kind of pissed that all we saw was just it being there, not doing anything. Oh well. I wonder if this is still the same Batwing, but then uh we never saw the cockpit rotate in '89, but maybe it could still do that back then. Which is I, you know, I hate to be a nerd about this. I I had a uh, a a uh, I think one of those diecast metal toys of the Batwing, so I remember exactly what it looked like to its smallest detail. So it's definitely not the same Batwing. Okay, I'm a hundred percent sure about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I out of all the Batman planes, this was definitely the coolest one. Like it was in the freaking shape of the Batman logo, and then he could fly it up to the moon, and which I they think... didn't do this time. Why didn't they? Did they do it? I don't think they did. Right? It never he, flew up to the moon. Think, and well, I think when he jumps out of the Batwing, and you see it like in the moon. Oh, I think. it's not yeah, quite the it's same. Not, not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Oh well. Jeez. Oh. uh Yeah, I just feel like if this movie came out like three or four years ago right yeah like, it, it, i think it would have done a lot better and we would have been a little kinder to it but uh i, I just think with the time travel multiverse aspect like we've had no way home we've had across spider-verse into the spider-verse we've had yeah. everything everywhere all at once at dr strange so it's like it's too late you know it's just yeah we've we've seen the multiverse explained in such better terms so yeah remember how i don't know if you remember i know we're diverging off the top but i think it's important to talk about this remember when this project was first announced we started hearing rumblings of a flash movie back then you know Zack snyder was laying the seeds for sort of a flashpoint type story and it was kind of like at the time you were right we didn't have any of these multiverse stories out in movies and i almost feel like had it just been released then based on what they had and not gone through all the reshoots, all the rewrites, and 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 now having the bar raised for that type of storytelling by these other movies, it, it probably would have been somewhat revolutionary, even if it wasn't that serious of a movie, just to even having done that. And now it's just never going to get that chance. Yeah, it's uh okay. I was just thinking about this. It's kind of insane. Spider Man Far From Home came out in twenty nineteen. Yeah, No Way Home 2021. It was just two years that they had to write and develop and, and make everything for that movie to come together. This the Flash was like what ten years, and, and this is the, this is like the best they could do. I understand like there's you know studios and everything, the executives and, and, and you know whatever the brain trust it's 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 all uh, um it's all like creating like a mess behind the scenes. But it's just insane to me that No Way Home just took two years to make. And it was that good, and this one is just—it's just a complete mess. Yeah, too many captains at the ship over there. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, brothers. I—I I really think that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, like I said earlier, ton of reasons why, but you know, only those types of people at that level can make those types of decisions about when to reshoot or throw out directors and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on to Act 3? Sure. All right. So during the climactic battle uh, against General Zod's army, Barry attempts to save Batman and Supergirl by going back in time. And in the Speed Force, he faces off with the Dark Speedster. And then he decides to go back 
and have one final moment with his mother before he lets the events play out as they once did. And then Barry returns to the present day for his father's trial. And there in the present day, he meets a brand new Batman. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot there going on, yeah. though. In oh, our man. Yeah, I mean... Okay, yeah. let, let, let's okay. Let, let's first start with the what they call the Chrono Bowl, which yeah. is all the other alternate universes, and this is WB basically uh, doing its Space Jam, <laughs> like Space Jam. I don't know, like impression. Like they're just bringing all their IP into into this one sequence, right? And it just looks awful. Um, George Reeves. Superman, Adam West, Batman, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's a deep cut right there. Deep cut, yeah, we're fighting yeah. this giant spider. Um, and then uh, we got Christopher Reeve as uh, Superman and Helen Slater as Supergirl together on screen. But they look awful. They look absolutely awful because the CGI in this movie just is terrible. Um, I would be... <laughs> I would be really psyched out to see all that stuff. But at that point in the movie, I'm like, everything looks like it looks like garbage. So I don't it doesn't carry the same weight. Well, e despite the the like visual effects, it's all it also makes no sense like uh, to the movie at that point. Like it's like here are some cool sequences. And I think we're supposed to feel like everything's falling apart. Guys, look at this. But then it's literally just like them standing there like looking it's like what are you gonna do it, there it doesn't there's no <laughs> yeah. sense of like yeah chaos, you're yeah you're absolutely you know right. they're just standing there like the original uh reeves batman and slater's like uh a reeves um, superman yeah, yeah yeah oh superman sorry like they're just standing there looking like hey you know <laughs> Like, yeah, it makes no sense to the story, like to even have it there, almost, you know. Right, it has you nothing know, to do with what Barry's going through. Yeah, I, I, I think it took away from the point of the movie, which is actually a strong one. That is, you can't change what's happened, and the more yeah. you try to change it, the worse it gets. It almost takes away and distracts from, which I thought was a, you know, pretty good, you know, uh, way to end things emotionally. That Barry having learned that lesson. Um, that wasn't worth it. Also, another deep cut while we're going at the the whole Eric Stoltz's Marty McFly uh, in Back to the Future. For those who don't know, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on the facts, guys, uh, but Back to the Future was almost done with production with a different actor named Eric Stoltz, not uh, Michael J. Fox, and that's kind of what the earlier references in the um, in the flash were alluding to because I, I do know some people were kind of confused by that but uh <laughs> ironically right after while we we're watching uh the flash at Punta hills mall which was you know, standing for twin peaks mall uh yes um, yeah for back twin in the future peaks. yeah but uh or low i forgot was it twin pikes or non pike either way twin something peaks. like that oh okay um but um yeah it was twin just kind of it's very distracting, right? To see, I mean, it's cool at first, but then it gets a little weirder. And then when they had the Nick Cage part, uh, uh, that, you know, I started laughing. And I remember my wife turned to me and she was like, why are you laughing? I'm like, I'll tell you later, but it's it's sort of a story that Kevin Smith had, you know, uh, told about him working on the script for The Tim Burton Superman Lives. Uh, movie that was produced by John Peters and John Peters really wanted a giant spider in the movie yep. for no reason. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it was funny. I, I have to admit, I, I, there was a part of me that was like, oh, that's hilarious. They did that. But if so, those you're of you, right. It's distracting. It's distracting. Yeah. If, those of you listening, that clip is on YouTube. Uh, Kevin Smith talking about Superman Lives. Totally worth watching. It's about 10 minutes long. I mean, sorry, 20 minutes long. But uh, yeah, it's just a really funny story. And the way he tells the story is, uh, you know, you'll, you, you'll crack up. And then this whole sequence of Nicolas Cage's uh, Superman. Uh, makes a lot more sense. How awesome would it have been if Nicholas Cage was actually there physically and dressed up as Superman? Like we finally yeah. get him as Superman. Yeah, uh, but that like... wasn't him. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's because of that Smith Kevin Smith skit that I was like, wow, this Sean Peters guy is really crazy. So when Licorice Pizza came out and I watched it. I was like, okay, I, I totally buy Bradley Cooper's <laughs> interpretation of him. Oh, totally. gosh, that was the highlight of that movie for me. Yeah. John Peters, uh, Bradley Peters, Bradley Cooper as John Peters. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I think I think we've sighed or groaned about like 30 times already. I think my leather box uh, rating is getting <laughs> down. Because I, I don't think I can watch The Flash again and enjoy it. But... Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about the end, like with his his last moment with his mom? Okay. Let's, I, yes. Oh yeah. Go for that it. was that was actually really beautiful. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I actually was like tearing up, like watching, and and again, it's like, man, the potential, like for that to impact even harder, like with just a little more well intentioned groundwork laying. I think they could have accomplished it in this one movie, but they seemed not focused on that enough. But like, I, I loved that moment. I thought it was beautiful and heartbreaking and, and a great lesson actually. Yeah. It's it. That's the thesis of the movie is like, you can't change the paths, you know? And yeah. I, like that, at that point, I truly felt terrible for the character. Cause it's like, he had to sort of find closure without, finding closer right he he still won't know who who murdered his mother right he, but he'll know that he was in the position to do something about it but not without great consequence so he just sort of had to let it happen and i can't imagine over a can of tomatoes and i thought that was uh that was a very well done scene i think there was a thought that ran into through my head as i saw it. i was like oh, i kind of wish it was just about this and nothing else right so, so. yeah yeah that yeah, I, I I felt really emotional about it too. And if this had been a solo Flash movie, I think I think they would have really stuck the landing on this. Uh, but and I feel like they did a good job with that, right? Like despite the mess that came before it, like it still managed to make us feel something, which is really impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wish it was in a better movie. Yeah. Uh, what was that grown number? <laughs> like thirty-one or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. When the dark speedster was revealed that uh, he was the future version of Barry, oh man, I could honestly not care <laughs> at all. Right. It wasn't surprising at that point either. It was just, you know, for anyone not acquainted with, you know, but it's just kind of, you're right. I didn't care. It didn't matter at that point. Um. Jeez. All right. Uh, George Clooney. <laughs> look i feel happy for mr clooney i i know that he's 
always <coughs> really being bad. Well, it's it's emotional. It's a, maybe it might be at our expense, but you know he gets some emotional closure, right? He's always. You know, he's always known he's a terrible Batman. He was a terrible Batman movie. And I'm glad that he can, you know, decades later, he can sort of say, you know, I can just sort of poke fun at, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was very weird. I wish yeah, it yeah. ended that way. Yeah, I, I was genuinely surprised. Uh, yeah, another pure fan service moment. But okay, the question, another question rises, right? Barry is now in a universe where George Clooney, not Ben Affleck, is Batman. So what does that mean for James Gunn's DCU? Probably not probably nothing, right? I mean, they're just wiping the slate clean. Right. So they're just throwing everything out there right now. Did did you two read the Hollywood Reporter uh, article that came out either like I think today or yesterday about the three endings that they knew of were shot for the flash? Oh, I didn't, I, heard, I didn't get to see that. I heard about it. I heard there was three endings, but I didn't. I didn't look into what what they were. Do you know what the, they were? Yeah, the first ending, I could, I, I could be. I'm paraphrasing. I could be wrong. Uh, I could be mixing them up. Uh, except for the third one. The first ending was, um, I think, done when um, I forgot who was the head of DC at the time. Hamada, if I'm correct, uh, and and that was sort of done to Henry Cavill, Superman, and 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 Wonder Woman being in the scene at the courthouse. And the second ending that they did was Michael Keenan's 89 Batman and Supergirl to show that they had survived in some form, you know, in this timeline. And then the third ending had happened uh, and was shot literally, I heard something like something crazy, like six weeks ago, wasn't even screen tested. The folks at CinemaCon who got screening of The Flash never even saw this ending that we see now, George Clooney, uh, that um, uh, uh, happened because um, James Gunn, and I forgot who his partner was um, running DC, they had decided, well, that ending with Keenan and and Kaye as Superman uh, didn't fit anywhere with where the DCU was going to go. So they were just like, screw it, let's just bring in Clooney and sort of like make it a joke. No. And, and oh, yeah, that's gosh. that's that's the story. And 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 you know, this goes back to like trust issues. Yeah, I get they want to do something new, but don't don't do that to the fans, you know? Like I kind of felt like the two endings, I don't know how they would have been received, but I kind of feel like they probably would have been received a little better and with less confusion than you know the current ending that we got. And it was just like, wow, dang, <laughs> I can't believe they did that. So, yeah, like all the other endings, it, it's it's actually kind of touching that Superman and Wonder Woman would show up because it's a it's a pretty huge moment for Barry, their their friend and their teammate, you know. Yeah. Uh, or or even uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and Sasha Kai's Supergirl showing up like that. They're actually in the movie and going through everything with him. Yeah. But George Clooney makes the least amount of sense. I mean, even though it was like a cool moment, but it means nothing for this Barry Allen character and everything that he just went to. It's just only a moment for the fans. And as much as I love seeing George Clooney again as Batman, as Bruce Wayne, even though that movie was terrible, like it, it's, it's again, there's no purpose to it. There's no meaning to it for the story. <laughs> it's just like wow okay <laughs> i think that's that's <laughs> all right and that that i think that just kind of summarizes our feelings about yeah. the flash um it is 
far from one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. And I think I think it's safe to say we're, you know, even though we found some parts entertaining, we're just, uh, you know, we're a little disappointed that it did not live up to the hype that, you know, people behind the scenes were kind of making it out to be. I mean, the fact that they even screened it for Tom Cruise and they're like out there saying that Tom Cruise loved The Flash. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, <laughs> what do you... Like, yeah. How much do they pay him to say that? I know. How much yeah. do they feed into the Mission Impossible budget to say something like that? Well, well he, did he even say it? They're just saying, like, yeah, the sources say that Tom Cruise loved it. You know, he didn't even say anything. Sources. <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I listened to uh, the into I think it's called Into You podcast with uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who was like Lex Luthor and uh, in Smallville, the TV series. And uh, he was just talking to... Uh, uh, James Gunn uh, uh, recently it's like the biggest guest he's ever had and they, and they had sort of touched upon this issue where you know when it comes to like casting rumors or other news about movies it's really just agents just throwing things out there just just even if they're not true just to get some talk going if that makes any sense and I don't know it kind of seemed like there was plenty of that right I think had this movie not been hyped up we probably would have accepted it a little better but it was hyped up it was hyped up big big time for years right I mean this was a movie that Warner Brothers had so much faith in they wouldn't let go of it for years even though you know a lot of it was done and they just kept shooting and and changing it and it just became like a Frankenstein of a movie that somehow I guess the more I think about it you know, distracts to its own very theme about not changing things too much. <laughs> and they did it. So, and you feel it. But that being said, like I, I go back to getting as frustrated as I am with how this movie ended up. It's not the worst comic. It's far, also far from the worst comic book movie sure, out yeah, there. Yeah, that that's, that's an important point. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's frustrating, but I'm still entertained. I was still very entertained. I can't help it. You know, I, we're, we're children in the 90s and 80s, and uh, it was hard for me not to get at least emotional at some point, especially when Michael Keenan uh, as Batman was was there. It's like, you know, yeah, he doesn't make sense, but eh. <laughs> it's just cool to see. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it just shows how out of touch I think the executives are or the people, you know, the, the DC studios or whatever, how out of touch they've been the last 10 years with what the fans want or expects, right? With with uh, Batman v Superman and Justice League. Like first Batman v Superman, they're like, oh, you know, fans like dark stuff, right? That's why the Dark Knight w- did so well because it's a dark, serious superhero movie and it's like a contrast to Marvel. Right. So let's make BVS super dark and gritty and like violent. There's like an R-rated uh, a director's cut version out there. And, and it just did so poorly because there's no joy in the characters. And it's it's probably the worst version of Superman that we've ever seen where Superman freaking say he's freaking tells Lois Lane. No one stays good in this world. Like that is not Superman. You yeah. Know? Right. Uh, and then, and then when that movie didn't do as well as they had hoped, they're like, Oh no, we got to throw jokes in. we got to make it colorful and just like Marvel. And that did bad. And then, I feel like the fact that they held on to this movie because they were like, oh, you know, it has all these cameos. We're going to throw in, we're going to throw in Adam West. We're going to throw in Nicolas Cage and then Michael Keaton's going to come back. Oh, the fans are going to love this. Fans don't care 
right? We it's cool. It'll it'll only attract like a you know a bunch of like the hardcore fans right to the theaters on opening night. But you got to build a good story, and you yeah. have to good writing. You have to have good characters. You have to have a good direction. You have to have good CGI. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> people are done with bad CGI. I really feel like they are. Um, this highlights a very important distinction between I think Marvel, the MCU, and the DCEU. And I hope, and I hope the DCU doesn't make this mistake, uh, which is I think is impossible to make that many movies. And not make a few bad ones. I think the biggest difference, though, between DC and Marvel in this regard is that Marvel's always sort of owned their bad movies. And this is why I still think they could come out of this sort of rut with Phase 4. They've always owned their their bad movies and sort of turned them into something else. Or acknowledged them and just sort of, you know, just say, hey, you know, that's what it is. Whereas I felt like with DC, if things didn't go the way some executive wanted it to go... It's like they just kind of completely shifted course, you know, to a point where it would, whatever you saw in the last movie was unrecognizable. Instead of just saying, hey, you know, this isn't all bad. Can we just build on it? Right. And and so I think, you, and, and, you know, we were talking about fans not being stupid, but they feel these types of things. They they they, they know it when when uh, they're sort of being played around with. At, you know, because we're at the whims of 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 these these uh, people running uh, WB, um, and and so I think that's why anybody but the like you know again mentioned this Mike you know it's really the fans that have gone out to see this. But if you're gonna make a movie that costs about three hundred million dollars to produce a market, you gotta get more people on that train and into theaters, right? It can't just be the diehards. That's not how you do it. And I think they just utterly failed at that. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, Iron Man 3, right? Despite it being a very successful, financial, financially successful movie, there's a lot of backlash from fans about how the Mandarin was portrayed and, and used in that movie. And I love how Marvel, even though they, they were financially successful, they still address that with that Marvel one shot uh, with Ben Kingsley as the fake Mandarin. Right. And then in Shang-Chi, yeah, they totally went back and like improved Iron Man 3. A movie and they didn't have to do that, right? Iron Man 3 was successful, but it just shows like they're so much more in tune with fans, right? Uh the, and like you said, they own up to their mistakes and they don't just try to discard Iron Man 3, but then they address it and they try to figure out a way how to still make it work in the context of the cinematic universe. Anyways. I think uh, <laughs> I think we're at the end of our discussion of the Flash, and um, yeah, it just sucks that you know we didn't love it more. Uh, I think it, this movie deserved a lot better. These characters deserve better, and hopefully, with James Gunn's DCU, uh, things will be better. You know, we're we're not rooting for these movies to to do poorly, but you know, I I think at some point the studio has to take note that these movies aren't making the money that they are expecting. Because there's creatively there's there's stuff that's wrong. All right, so thank you for joining us uh, to listen to us, listen to us uh, groan and sigh and 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 just. You don't want to talk about the post credit. Oh, is this supposed to take place in the new version of Barry Allen's reality? And there's still an Aquaman movie coming, right? Right. 
Right. Okay. So maybe that it, that's their way of reminding people that it's it's on the way. Well, they're not reminding many people who didn't already know it was on the way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess it was nice to see, you know. It's a little weird because I think, you know, that thing about with Aquaman, the post-credits, that kind of bothers me is it makes them seem like they're all friends. Uh, or, right. you know, you know, not even just between him and Aquaman, but... Also, Bruce and Alfred and 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 Wonder Woman. I get that they are, uh, but you just never really saw it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yep. Gotta, <laughs> I, I have I have no real thoughts on <laughs> no real thoughts on post I'm like, at that point, I'm like, all right, yeah. So we're gonna see him in Aquaman, but it does nothing to. It's just an, another throwaway cameo. Yeah. This isn't good, by the way, for the next two movies. No, we have it's left. not. It's I, not. Blue, Blue Beetle, I don't even know. I think that should have been an HBO Max movie. I don't know what they're expecting from that, what, how much money they're expecting to make. But, you know, they're gonna, they are got to spend money on marketing that movie. And, yeah, like, it's too late. It's too late for that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Man. Well, I mean, I'll probably still watch the Blue Beetle. <laughs> so I'll probably still watch Aquaman too. But the real question is, anybody else gonna right besides us? Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So uh, this brings us to the end of our discussion on the Flash. I uh, hope you enjoyed all our gasps and our sighs and our groans. Well, we'll see you next time on the Weekend Foolish Movie Podcast. Bye. Bye. We're not done yet. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. I'm sure you are. Blow that piece of junk out of the sky!